Good morning, folks. Brilliant. Okay, if you want to kind of bring your conversations to a little bit of a close, and then we'll catch up on them later. Brilliant. We're going to do. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a talky bit now, um, and then there's going to be a little bit of a dewy bit and a and a couple more songs, um, worship songs at the end. Okay, so that's what this morning is going to look like it. Do you know, I'm just struck while I'm up here um, that, like, we're family. I could just saw Essie go pick up um, little Elias. And uh, it's just so lovely that we're family, hey? Um, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so um, to start off this morning, who is good at remembering things? Uh, oh, okay. Like, nobody in the house good at remembering things? Okay, okay. Send me, like... In between, depends if you write it down. Okay, anyone make lists? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, quite a few people. Anyone set reminders on their phones? Yes, yes, all the time. Like reminders to remind you what the reminders are about, all those kind of things. Does anyone actually literally put something in front of the front door so you have to step over it on the way out? Yes, I do that all the time. Okay, uh, brilliant. Um, one of our, um, we went away for a week during half term in May, or went away for a few days, and we forgot something uh, really important. We forgot a whole bag of somebody's clothes. And it wasn't until we got there, when that person was looking for their clothes, that we were like, they literally have no clothes to wear apart from what they're wearing. So a few friends of mine thought maybe this person had done it on purpose just so they could whiz out and get a whole new wardrobe. But no, it was properly unintentional. And there was, after the moment of panic, we managed to sort it out. And I was chatting with someone uh, just before the service actually this morning, and they were talking, we were talking a bit about holidays and packing for holidays. And some people in this room have a list of what they need for their holidays. But at the bottom of their list, they now have a sentence that says, don't forget to put all of this in the car. Yeah, because evidently that has kind of happened a bit before in the past. Okay, so we're all at, you know, different levels of remembering things for different reasons. But on the whole, I would say we probably tend to remember like really, really important things. Like for, uh, for, for those of us that are parents, the things like picking our children up after a club. Yeah, like we generally tend to remember to collect our children. Yeah, um, or maybe like remembering someone special's birthday. Yeah, we generally tend to remember those things because they're close to our heart. They're part of us, and we, it's like we couldn't not do it, okay? Because the person that they're about, we love them, okay? So... Over the last few weeks, we have been thinking about catching God's heart, catching his heart for justice, for doing what is right, for doing what Jesus would do in a situation. And Jesus showed us again and again what his heart was like by the way he lived his life and the way that he loved people. And what we see especially is what God's heart is like towards people who need help, people who are in need. And Jesus showed us that it's something really, really important to remember. And throughout the Bible, you will see everywhere this, this urge, if you like, this kind of invitation, this 
you must do this. Remember the poor. Remember those who are in need. So we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And we're talking about catching God's heart. So children, there are a couple of things to keep your hands busy while your minds still listen, okay? So um, the first one is something for you. And the second one is at the end, and that is to somebody else. We're going to give that away. But the one that is for you, there's loads of paper up the back, just looks like white paper, and there's a few hearts that look like this. Because we're talking about catching God's heart, you can draw some hearts, cut them out, and then there's some hole punches, a little bit of string to make some heart bunting. All right, so at home, you can take it home. It'll be a reminder to catch God's heart heart. Okay, so that's something you can do while I'm talking now. And then the second bit is for later on, and that is to give away. Okay, so if you need to keep your hands busy, you can quietly go and go and get your paper and pens and pens and bring them back to your seats here to make your hearts while we're talking. Okay, Okay, brilliant. So God's heart is for all people, and it's especially for those who are in need. And when we catch something of God's heart, we remember, we notice, and we see people who need help. People who maybe don't have enough food to eat or clothes to wear, people who are alone, people who are ill, people who are sad, maybe people who don't have a home, people who don't have a say, people who are left out people who others look down on, people who have been wronged, people who are in prison. There's a whole host of people, all sorts of people um, that need help. And Jesus showed us what God's heart is like by the way that he loved and cared for people. And we see it over and over again in the Bible. So if you've got a Bible today, I want you to find uh, Luke chapter 10. If you've not got one, um, there's some spare copies on the information table at the back. Go and grab one of those. Or some of you will have it on your phones. Find Luke chapter 10, because in a minute we're going to dip into a story um, from there. Okay. So this story is about this clever man who knew all about the ways of God. And one day he came to Jesus and he asked him a question, kind of to try and trick him. Uh, And the man told Jesus what he knew. And this is what he knew. So kids, you need to listen up to this bit because we have been practicing this. We've been learning this in kids over the last few weeks. So if you're a child, could you stand up for one minute? Leave your hearts for one second. Stand up for a minute. If you've been in kids the last few weeks... Whiz up here to the front. Whiz up here. Come and stand up here because we're going to do this thing that we've been learning with our hands. And I didn't even tell you we were going to do this. So I've put you all on the spot. Love the Lord your God. You can if you know it. Ready? So we've been learning um, something from Luke chapter 10 and verse 27. Okay? And it says like, it, it goes like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. Should we do it one more time? Big voices, ready? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. Brilliant. We're going to do that again in a minute. Go and down and go back to your hearts. Brilliant. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that is what this clever person said 
to Jesus. Uh, but then Jesus said, but yeah, but who is my neighbor? Who is it that I should actually love? And then we're going to join the story from verse 30. And so it's Luke chapter 10. We're going to read from verse 30. And I'm going to read it this morning from the message translation. So this man asks Jesus, yeah, but who is my neighbor? Who should I love? And Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up, and he also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan, so that's somebody from a place called Samaria, a Samaritan traveling the road came on him, and when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds, and then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, which is a bit like a hotel, made him comfortable. And in the morning, he took out two silver coins and he gave them to the innkeeper and said, take good care of him. If it costs any more, uh, put it on my bill and I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think? Jesus asked. Which of the three people became a neighbor to the man who'd been attacked by the robbers? The religion scholar responded, the one who treated him kindly. And Jesus said, yes. Go and do the same. If you've been in or around church for any time, you probably will have heard that story before. But when it comes to catching God's heart, Jesus says something really, really important for us to remember. He says, don't walk past. He says, see people. Don't walk past. Now, if we were to move this story into the present day, I wonder who those people who walked past might be. Maybe uh, a leader in the church. Maybe someone who goes to church every single week and reads their Bible every single day. Or maybe you might think of someone else you think should have actually gone over to that man but didn't. And the people who walked past were all people who should have done something, but they didn't. And the problem was that they hadn't caught sight of God's heart. That's what this story is about. And in the story, the very person who nobody expected to help, because the two kinds of people didn't really get on with each other, in fact, they were pretty much rivals or enemies, it was this person who helped the wounded man. And Jesus says that this person loved their neighbor. This person's heart was moved. In the version that we've read, it says his heart went out to him. And he remembered in that moment the right thing. So when it comes to, for us to love people who need help, Jesus says don't walk past. Don't turn a blind eye. Don't just look down at your phone or pretend to look at your watch to check your time so that you don't actually clock them. Anyone else done that? I've done that. Um, don't be in such a hurry or so tied to your plans for that day that you don't notice that person. In that moment, let your heart be moved. Jesus always noticed people. He noticed the one person and he noticed the many. He noticed the crowds and his heart was always moved. 
There's a word that we sometimes use to describe this, and it's called compassion. And it literally means to suffer with. And by that, I mean you feel something. You feel something in your heart. There's a moment of connection. Your heart is moved. Jesus had compassion for people. And there are times in the Bible where we see how Jesus was so moved that he wept, where his heart was heavy as he saw people suffering. So if we're to catch God's heart, to notice people, to be concerned about their lives, their stories, to meet their needs, to be concerned about justice, about doing what God would have us do in that moment, if the challenge from this story is to notice people, not just to walk past, then what do we actually do? Because sometimes the need just seems a bit too big. But if we look back to the story... What happened in the story? How did that Samaritan person help the wounded man? Any volunteers? Or they're all busy with their hearts, making their hearts. What did, they, what did he actually do? Took care of him, helped him. Anything more specific? Cleaned his wounds? Yeah. What a fed him? Gave him somewhere to live. Sorted out his clothes. Paid for the bills. Yeah, all those kind of things. Really, really practical things. The man helped the person who needed help in a really practical way. He helped the person who he stumbled across, the person who he wasn't expecting to be there. He helped the person who was right in front of him. He gave him his attention, his time, his care, and he met his needs. And in doing so, he gave something of his heart. Though I wonder, because the story kind of finishes there, but I do wonder if we kind of imagine the story just continue a little bit, I wonder what the injured man maybe felt like. What was he feeling when this arch enemy came over and started tending to his wounds? What do you think he might have felt like? I think he would have been a bit happy that someone was helping him. Yep, definitely. Any, any other emotions you think he might have been feeling or things he might have been thinking? Might, he would have felt loved. All of a sudden, somebody noticed him and was helping him instead of people that just walked past. Yeah, I think he would have felt loved. I think he would have felt happy about that. He would have felt cared for, probably a bit surprised as well. Uh, there's a man called Stephen uh, that we often see in town, and he's often in the same place. He doesn't have a home. Um, sometimes he has money, enough money to get a night's sleep in a hostel, and sometimes he doesn't. Uh, sometimes he's quite chirpy, and sometimes he's really low. Sometimes he looks really well, and sometimes he really doesn't. Sometimes we'll have a good chat, sometimes he's more quiet, but we always ask him if we can get him something to eat from the shop because he generally sits near this shop that we sometimes go to. And sometimes he, he says yes, and sometimes he says, no, I'm okay, thanks. And over time, we've given him lots of different things. We know that he loves hot, spicy chicken drumsticks, so if they're ever in the shop, we will get him some of those. We know he likes chocolate biscuits, chicken wraps, 
bottles of water, a can of Coke. Um, we've sometimes, we've been somewhere, maybe had a, ta uh, had a dinner, but had a bit of a bag to take home because we've not finished it all, and we've given him some pizza when we've met him on the way back. We've given him a duvet. We've given him a flask of hot chocolate. And each time um, I head that way, I check to see if he's in his usual spot. And the truth is, sometimes I am really up for talking to him, and sometimes I'm really not. Um, sometimes I'm not so up for it. But I do think it's something that Jesus wants me to do. And if I'm really, really honest, there have been times where I've driven into the car park and I thought, I wonder if he's there. I've not quite got it in me today. So I'm going to drive a different way around the car park. Then I know I can come down a different entrance and I'm not actually going to see him. Hands up. I have felt that in the past. I have done that. But I wonder if by doing that, I'm doing exactly the same as those two people who just walked past the wounded man in this story. And what I found is that as I've got to know Stephen a little bit more and interacted with him a bit each time, I now begin to see him as Stephen. Um, this person who has a name, this person who has a story, this person who bit by bit will kind of, you know, get to know each other a bit more. So I wonder if in that process, I'm beginning to catch a little bit of God's heart for this man. Um, I think it's something that Jesus wants me to do. I don't think he wants me to have that internal check of driving around the other way to avoid him. I think he wants me to do the seeing him, noticing him, engaging with him um, in that moment. Our response must be to show compassion, to give our attention. And that might look like giving our time, our resources, and our care. But I think the invitation from us, we are urged not to just walk past. We are urged for our hearts to be moved and to notice the one. And in that moment, to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do in this moment? In this moment where I've stumbled across this person, maybe it's not convenient for me, but actually in this moment for us to pause and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And then just follow what he says. So kids, it might be that you're with mum and you notice someone um, who just looks a bit sad or who maybe who's someone who is sitting on the street, it might be that you just give them a wave while you're holding mum's hand or give them a smile. It might be that you're in a position to do a bit more, but the least we can do or perhaps the biggest thing we can do is to notice them. Jesus says, do for them just as if you were doing it for me. So, Let's remind ourselves of that verse that we have been learning. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as you love yourself. So I wonder, I'm keeping it short and sweet because in a minute as we do some more worship, there's going to be some things that I want us practically to do. Over the summer, I know some of you might be going away. Some of you might be staying at home. Kids, you won't have school. Yes, amazing.
amazing. That was a big yes there from Jay. Um, uh, but I have a challenge for us all, for kids and for us adults. How about every single day we ask Jesus, who do you want me to notice today? And then the second question, what do you want me to do? So what about if we started every single day over the summer holidays with those two questions? Maybe we've been talking about remembering things. Maybe put it on a post-it, put it on your front door so that you see that every time you go out of your front door. The questions are, who do you want me to notice today? And what do you want me to do? And then I wonder if when we come back in September, well, I know some of us will be here in August still, <laughs> um, we will have some stories to tell. So we're going to have, in a minute, we're going to do, we're going to have some more worship. But, so, but as we finish, um, there are some people in this room who are part of our Grow Baby ministry, and they know some of the families that we work with week in, week out. And there are some of these families, we have prayed for them before, and in a minute we're going to do something very practical because we want to do something to bless them again this morning. But in a couple of weeks' time, many of these uh, families we've been working with who've been staying here for a long time now have to move out of their accommodation in two weeks' time. So lots of them have found different homes, and we've been praying for that. That's amazing. But there are also a significant number of families who still do not have any home to go to in two weeks. Can you imagine what that feels like? In two weeks' time, you're going to be out of your home and you don't know where you're going to be. So in a moment, we're going to do three things and they're all going to be part of our worship, of our loving our neighbour. The first one is this. We're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to thank God for who he is. So we're going to worship through singing. But while we're doing this, uh, kids, this is your job. You're going to need to stop doing your hearts for a minute and we're going to go on to something that we're going to give away to these families. Because what I want you to, do, you to do, and parents, you can help with this if you need to, um, is to make a card for each of those families who are still in that bit of accommodation. Um, and I've just made an example of something. So what I've done is I've got, we've got different kinds of skin tone cards, okay? I need an adult hand to be put on here, drawn around, and then cut out to make a hand shape. Then what you do is you stick the palm of the hand on the paper, but you don't stick the fingers down. Leave the fingers, fingers flappy. And then on the palm of the hand, you draw stems of flowers. Then make it into a flower, and then you wrap the fingers over, stick them down so it looks like someone's holding a bunch of flowers. And on the front, I've just written for you. But inside, and this is the most important bit, so it's a token of our thinking of these people and praying for them. Inside, I want you to use your imagination and I want you to draw a home for that family. Okay? And I've just written, praying for you to have a new home. All right? So if you're doing it on coloured card which I've got some down here, you might need some white paper to stick inside and then draw your home on there because it might not show up on the coloured card, okay? So in a minute, while we, while we worship and sing, that's what you guys are going to be doing. So that every one of those families is going to have one of those cards as a way of us showing that we love them, that we're thinking of them, that we're praying for them. And a couple of us are then going to deliver them to the people in the week.
So we're going to worship. We're going to make a card so that every single one of those families has got one. And at the same time, after we've worshipped, we're going to do something that you might think is a little bit scary. We're going to pray out loud for those families, okay? Three things going on. While we're worshipping, making cards, we'll finish the singing, then we're going to pray out loud for those families. And that will kind of then kind of end what we're doing, okay? So why don't you stand um, and we're going to worship.